Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine Opi show. So, Lou, what's the deal with horsepower? I mean, we don't use horses anymore. Well, we like horses, and that's how it started, so these are our new ponies. At least we're living in the golden age of horsepower and doing our best to enjoy it like we do on the Car Guys Report and Formed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. I'm Lou Costable. Join us for the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You really think you can feed like 700 horses, Mark? The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Uh, Dave, uh, we've never had a guest like this one that we have on today. He's uh, uh, truly an inspiration. Uh, he's got more spunk and moxie in his earlobe <laughs> than we have in our entire bodies. You got moxie. In February of 2020, <laughs> while on a trip to Italy with some buddies, our guest contracted COVID-19. He's widely considered the West Coast's patient zero. He was given a 1% chance of surviving, and thankfully he beat the odds. He's here with us today. Please welcome Greg Garfield. Hey, Greg, how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thank you guys for having me on. You know, uh, Dave and I had the good fortune of meeting you and your fiance, AJ, a couple weeks ago via Zoom. And uh, two things stood out. First, I think you're probably the most optimistic and genuine guy we've ever met. And, And second, even though you're in the hospital for two months, in a coma for a month, you lost 50 pounds, you lost some fingers, you could still kick both of our asses at the same time. <laughs> you look great. The guns are back. Everything is looking good these days, isn't it? Absolutely, man. It's just we're 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 back to uh, to life as usual. Um, you know, I've got I've got basically about ninety five percent of everything I can do back. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, little restrictions here and there with lack of fingers. Yeah, but uh, it's been it, it's been a journey. Um, it really, I owe it to my village. I owe it to AJ, my family. Um, you know, they 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 kind of picked me up when I was down. Um, it was it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. So t- take us back. It's February 2020. Um, yes, you're on a ski trip with a I don't know a dozen or so buddies, and on mm-hmm. day and on day three, you kind of started to feel like shit. Uh, so take us to take it from there. So, you know, we're every year we do a European ski trip. Um, three days in uh, to our trip, I get a call. Well, actually, the, the day I got there, I got the call from AJ. And she said, are you aware of this thing called the coronavirus? We had no flipping idea yeah. what the hell yeah. it's all about. Um, you know, again, back where February 22nd of 2020, uh, I was told that it really hit um, Italy in like mid-February, right around that time when we just got there. Um, and she's like, be careful. And, you know, we were we were very optimistic about it. Um, we didn't know what what was really going on. Yeah, it's um, hard to it's hard to take it back to that point where. You know, the pre-COVID days, people don't remember that we didn't really take it that seriously when we first heard about it. Oh, 100%. I mean, me included. Yeah. So, you know, I I really, I just said to her, I'm like, look, we're outside. Uh, we're having we're having a good time. Um, we're going to be careful. And, uh, you know, don't, don't worry about it. 
So um, three days in to our skiing, um, I started feeling flu-like symptoms. Actually, we all did. Um, you know, we, I ended up laying up in bed for the next three days and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed ski bum, man. I, I ski 70 to hundred days a year on a European ski trip, much yeah. less if I'm missing a day, I, I'm, right. I'm not feeling too yeah. well. Yeah. It's not allergies. So, <laughs> right. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And you know, we ski hard. So, you know, I really, I looked at him and I'm like, guys, I, I just can't make it. But I was still happy hour every day. We were, I was down in the bar and every morning at breakfast, I was seeing the guys off and, um, and then I was just recovering throughout the day. I was planning on when I got back from Italy on March 1st, I was planning on leaving on the 4th for a year for a uh, helicopter uh, trip in Canada. Oh, so I, I really wanted to go ahead and, and kind of clear the air as far as getting better. But it just I wasn't kicking this thing. Um, we had three of our friends that were from Sweden. There were 13 guys on the trip. Three of the guys that met us out uh in, in Val Gardena, uh, were from Sweden. They went back a couple days earlier, which was planned. One of the guys actually checked into the hospital and was sent home with the flu. So when he called us, we were, affir- you know, reaffirmed that we yeah. had the flu. So we're, we traveled in and out from Munich. I was going out, we were leaving, um, leaving through Munich. We spent the night in Munich and in the morning when our drivers were picking us up, we went downstairs and we found out that our friend Peter checked into the hospital in Munich, uh, with double pneumonia. Mm. He's a 62 year old guy, um, definitely health compromised. And, um, he just, he was feeling even, you know, worse than me, um, worse than everybody for that matter, because all 13 guys actually contracted COVID. Oh, man. And, um, we got on the plane in the morning and about three quarters of the way through the flight, they had intermittent Wi-Fi issues and our Wi-Fi came on and all of a sudden all of our phones started blowing up and Peter ended up uh, informing us that we, that he tested positive for COVID. So, you know, we definitely freaked out. We definitely freaked out a little bit. Um, and we um, got home, landed, contacted AJ to not go to my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went home. I quarantined myself. I contacted my doctor. They called the CDC and they contacted me. They There was no real testing that around town. So they ended up p- sending a hazmat guy to my, to my house, oh, picked me up, uh, drove me to... Um, a little kind of shithole place in Pacoima and ended up testing me. Um, those days, the tests were pretty, you know, they, they, they tickled your brain, literally. Right. Yeah. Um, it was just that that probe on uh, both nostrils, and it was not something I was comfortable with at all. Um, and ended up testing positive 24 hours later. Um quarantine myself again I, I aj came to the house and dropped off immunity shots and matzo ball soup at my door um she got in the car i you know i opened the door i waved to her um and then you know for the next few days this was around march 2nd uh for the next two days uh, you know I, I it was just getting worse and worse um i have what you call a hyperimmune system which is the best of the best and if I were to ever get sick 24 to 48 hours later, I bounced back. Well, I wasn't bouncing back to this one. And, um, on the fourth, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine 
and he was asking me questions like, okay, who picked you up? I don't know. Um, where'd they take you? I don't know. And he, he just kind of looked at me and said, dude, you're not that guy that doesn't know stuff. Yeah. So you're really pretty bad. Do you need to go to the freaking hospital? I don't like hospitals. And, um, yeah. I was avoiding it like the plague. And he got a, a mutual friend of ours on the phone, this this retired surgeon um, who's a very dear friend of ours. And he was asking me the questions again. And then he got on the phone with all the different hospitals, the major hospitals around town, Cedar sinai USC, UCLA, St. John's, and none of which would take me, would take a COVID patient. They said, go to the emergency room. Well, if you go to the emergency room, you infect everybody. Yeah, right. So that was definitely not an option and um he he contacted saint joe's which was fortunately 10 minutes from my house and you know from uh, from studio city um and they were welcoming me with open arms well i've got a you know a hundred and um uh, a 93 pound lab newfoundland mix mm. dog and she's my baby and uh I was calling around to try to get people to take care of her. Nobody would touch the dog simply because nobody knew at this particular point that, you know, the, the understanding was it lives on services. It may live on her fur, yeah. all yeah. these kind of things. Everyone, as well was, as everyone was scared to death. The whole country was scared to death. They, they just didn't know what yeah, was going on. Right. Um, they didn't know the severity of it. Um, it was downplayed. It, just the misinformation was crazy. And um, I just... Come five thirty in the morning, um, I just called my I called my buddy John and said, you know, pull the trigger. I I can't breathe. Jeez. And the the ambulance came, fire department. Um, they showed up. I put my dog in her crate, oh. and she was crate trained at the time. And uh, I looked at her with tears in my eyes and said, "We'll get you out of here, girl." And I went to the hospital. I texted AJ a picture of my feet facing the you know the inside of the ambulance. And um, she woke up at 6.30 in the morning to that picture, uh, reached out to me. And um, I, the first thing I said was, and even when I got to the hospital, I, I'm like, you don't touch me until you get my dog out of the house. And, uh, you know, she, AJ called everybody. Um, she called the, the police department, the fire department, animal control. Again, nobody would go in. And she took it upon herself to... Uh, to, to get to my house and the hospital said, you know what, we'll bring you in, we'll give you hazmat training and all the PPE stuff and um, let you go. And so, uh, you know, she came in the house, um, you know, the dog, we've only been dating at this time for 18 months. Dog was definitely, you know, knew her, but she walked in like a minion with masks yeah, and, right. and all this crazy stuff. Um, got the dog out, took her in the backyard hosed her off with antiviral shampoo and then ended up locking herself in my backyard. Now my backyard is, you know, 10 foot fences and the whole nine yards. She's a major athlete. She ends up hopping a 10 foot <laughs> fence through a tree down, you know, down the tree in the back into the garage and, and gets the dog out, which was pretty funny. And she gets um, arrested and she's doing two to five. What's so funny is what's really funny is she goes out to the, she goes out to the street and has to strip butt naked in the street to get all the clothes off that were contaminated and threw it in the trash can. My neighbors love me for that. Yeah, I bet they do. <laughs> it's a really great thing. So, um, subsequently I, I was checked into the hospital on March 5th. On March 7th, uh, my oxygen saturation was so low that they had to intubate me. Yeah. I 
called my friend John again and the doctor and, you know, what's this all about? Cause again, we had no idea what intubation is. Right. And um, I just, uh, you know, he says, look, you, you won't survive if you don't do it. And I'm like, okay, green light. So I took a 31 day nap. Yeah. And it was really AJ and my sister Stephanie's story from that point. And I had everything under the sun happen. I mean, I had MRSA. I had sepsis. I had four collapsed lungs. I had a pulmonary embolism. I had blood clots. Um, I was two days shy of going on ECMO, which is an iron lung, because yeah. my uh, my the vent settings were at max capacity, and uh, I was I was in you know 104 plus degree fevers. I was packed in ice. And I was given less than a 1% chance of survival. And you don't remember any of that, right? Or, I mean, 31-day nap? Correct. I mean, so when you woke up, the fingers were gone already. Well, they were black, No, they were black. Okay. They were black, and they were like wood. Um, You know, they were... It was really crazy because what happened was I was put on something called pressors, which it forced all the blood to my vital organs, which compromised my extremities. And they were more ah. interested in keeping me alive than they were with, uh, you know, make, allowing my fingers to survive. Sure. They, they didn't understand in the very beginning that it was a vascular virus as well as a pulmonary virus. Right. right. So, you know, being patient zero, there were two, there was a benefit and a detriment. The benefit was I was in, I was the only one in the hospital for seven days and they had all the attention on me. The negative, they really didn't know and have a mass understanding of what they do today on this virus. And they still have a lot of guessing uh, on the virus. I mean, they don't understand the long haul syndrome. They don't, right. uh, they don't understand why a healthy guy like me, I had no pre-existing conditions. I was the healthiest guy you ever met. Um, and they don't know why it happened to me versus somebody else. And fortunately enough, I don't have any long haul conditions. Um, my, I, I just recently had my, my annual physical and my lungs are clear. Uh, my, I've got 95 plus percent uh, capacity back in my lungs and I'm, I'm training again. And I got back to skiing on December 11th of 2020. And that was a, a whole incredible a weepy little baby I, <laughs> that's amazing. Cr- I would be i'm crying just <laughs> listening to this right now god how emotional that must have been when you got back on the slopes huh uh it was crazy i mean the first thing that was really set in my mind was walking out of the hospital um waking up i went through so much icu psychosis because of all the drugs that they put me on and it was just a crazy scenario of of you know thinking i was in manhattan beach i was in vegas i was in a buddy's house and my 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 nurse let somebody let his friends in and they killed my best friend and my goddaughter and i you know i again didn't happen by the way um good 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 (laughs) that would have been a great guest on our next podcast (laughs) yeah great um it, it was just crazy as far as like what transpired to the transition of coming out of sedation and when um agent you know nobody was allowed in the hospital uh no visitors were allowed um they being patient zero and having um my mindset completely skewed um they uh, you know i spent my 54th birthday in the hospital and they were uh, my sister and stephanie were allowed to come see me uh as a special kind of gift and when they saw that how well i reacted uh, to them 
AJ was was subsequently allowed to come back in the hospital um, to be my advocate for mental health. And, you know, she was by my side through the entire rehab, rehabilitation process. And my first goal uh, outside of survival was walking out of the hospital. I didn't want to be wheeled out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave me a really nice surprise. And I guess they call it the Rocky moment where um, they had about 200 plus people inside the hospital that were all worked there because nobody was allowed in the hospital that were cheering me on where, where I was wheeled out into the atrium yeah. and um, they gave me a standing ovation and my adrenaline was running so high I took looked at Stephanie and AJ and just said grab an arm and I stood up oh. and I mean tears were flowing and I just walked out of that hospital to a hundred plus of my friends and every media outlet that was in LA. Um, and it was just an amazing, amazing experience. Um, probably the most heartfelt experience of my life. And then, uh, when I got home, um, you know, my mom, my dog, uh, it was just absolutely incredible. And then, you know, became my story of, of coming back and, you know, getting into physical therapy, getting into occupational therapy. And my doctors, when, you know, I, I said to them, I'm, I, I, I need to be on the slopes by the end of this year. <laughs> they looked at me like I was batshit crazy. <laughs> they didn't tell me that, <laughs> but they said, there's no flipping way. And they you know, for them, there's no flipping way that, that he's going to be on the, on the slopes. Well, right. December 11th, 2020, it happened. That's awesome. And, and, uh, and if you would have a middle finger, you'd be giving it to him right now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, I, on my left hand, I do have half a one, and it's only half as insulting, but it works. <laughs> now, I, you know, Greg, we, right now, there's the, if you see the polls and you see the, yes. the, uh, the results of them, 35% of Americans still have no interest in getting the COVID vaccine. think that COVID is a manufactured crisis uh, perpetrated by the media. Uh, What do you have to say to them? I mean, what can we do? What, what can we do to make people realize this is a real thing? Well, AJ and I took it upon ourselves when I got out of the hospital to do every interview possible to educate people in understanding this is real. So, you know, there's a lot of people that said to me, I never met someone like you. Well, someone like me is dead. Yeah, right. So having a one less than a 1% chance of survival, um, people like me haven't, didn't make it. So I took it upon myself being given the biggest gift of all, which is life to educate people on having an understanding that, um, you know, I, I'll be happy to give everybody my medical records for Christ's sake. It's like I have no right. pre-existing conditions and I lived through this thing. Um, and I'm here to talk about it and I'm here to tell you it is real. All 13 of us got it. There's no like different strain that, that happened in the beginning. We all got the same strain. We all had different outcomes. It affects people differently. Um, it's real. That's number one. Number two, today we're sitting in a place where the vaccines, we're very fortunate to have the vaccine. And guys, look at the numbers right now. 90% plus, 98, 99%, it was something something like that, of all hospitalizations are non-vaxxed people right now. Yeah. Forget the beginning. Yeah. The beginning was a mosh pit. 
look at those numbers. The vaccine works. Now, with a lot of the apprehension, I understand apprehensions on vaccines and everything else. But the, the, the we've done over 200 million vaccinations. Right. That's a pretty the good study group. Pretty good study per- group. Yes. The percentage of issues. I'm not, now, now, no vaccine is benign. Right. But the percentage of issues is so minute. You can die eating peanut butter. There's a higher percent percentage of people dying from peanut butter than a vaccine. Yeah. That's number one. There's a higher percentage of people getting on a motorcycle. Number two, it's not, I mean, we just need to get ahead of this thing and do the right thing for society in getting vaccinated and put not putting these, these healthcare workers yeah. in jeopardy of yeah. their lives yeah. because it can be avoided. If we all get vaccinations, the hospitalizations nearly stops. Yeah. Now, you know, we hear stories all the time about a healthcare worker being accosted saying that, uh, you know, this is a hoax or whatever. Did you have any of that? Did you have anybody mention anything to you thinking that this somehow you're a crisis actor or anything? I don't know. I'm just curious. Well, not really. I mean, look, there's so many people that are have pushing are pushing back. And there's a lot of friends of mine. And I, I, I was adamant about anybody that my friends know or people that that know me have t- talked to others that have have got misinformation on this stuff i i always encourage them have them call me or i'll call them not one of them took them up on it because they just didn't want to hear the truth yeah. they didn't want to hear they're not going to talk to me and poo poo it to me right because i lived it but they can third party and it's, I mean, I'll go toe to toe with anybody in this situation because I'm speaking from a place of living through it. And m- most people are not. Yeah. And I will tell you this, that every person that didn't get the vaccine that ended up getting COVID seriously and those family members literally changed their tune. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that could have been avoided. I had somebody contact me uh, two weeks ago. This woman had her father in the hospital at my hospital that was reaching out to me to ask questions of what I had in the, in the medications and so forth and so on. And he was a guy that got COVID in January, 69-year-old guy, her dad, the healthy as can be, got it moderately, didn't get vaccinated thought that he had the, you know, the, the, the antibodies and he was totally safe. Well, he ended up getting it July 8th. He spent 15 days on the, in, in the hospital. And unfortunately he just passed away. Oh, God. And there's a great example of why, you know, everybody said, I wish that he got the vaccine because this outcome, he would still be here. So Greg, people want to, find out more about you um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you get your information or, or where do you give the information uh, the, like the sort of things that you did for us today. People want to follow you. What's the best way for them to do so? 
Um, Garfsky.com, G-A-R-F-S-K-I, or I'm sorry, Garfsky, I'm sorry, Garfsky, not .com, Garfsky on, on Instagram. Um, if you go on to greggarfield.com, that's G-R-E-G-G-G-A-R-F-I-E-L-D.com as well. Um, I'm, I'm now a motivational speaker, so again, you can definitely book me for events, um, but also send me emails um, through through the website. Um, I, I'm happy to get in contact with you and answer any questions that, that you may have and also put you in touch with, with my medical team to uh, and answer any questions that, that someone has about the reality of what's going on here in, in the trenches. Yeah. Before we continue any further with Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And Friends, starring me, Tommy. And me, Kimmy. And me, Sam. Come meet your new best friends. <laughs> hey, if you want to listen to our show, this is what it sounds like exactly. It's all about those conversations you can only have with your true friends. So come meet your new friends, Tommy. Kimmy. Sam. Right here with Ann Friends. Me want you as friends. Radiomisfits.com. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is back. Well, you are, like we mentioned in the beginning, you are really optimistic and really inspirational. And I guess in some ways, this has been a blessing, right, um, for you. I mean, I would... I, um, and thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. And I urge anybody who has any kind of skepticism on this to yeah. give old Gregster uh, yeah, an, an email. I'll tell you how special Greg is. He has two G's at the end of his name. <laughs> Double G's. Yeah, That's right. how impressive this man is. Right. Yeah. So, but thank you very much for being on the show today, Greg. Uh, uh, you really, uh, have provided quite a service. Yeah. And, Thanks. And much health to you. And, uh, Give a big belly rub to your doggy, and uh, I thought you were going to say AJ for a well, second there. You can, you know, you can do that I'll too. Give, I'll give AJ a belly. You know what? That's a different podcast. We don't, but sure, go ahead. Uh, but now, thanks a lot, and we really appreciate it. And we're going to definitely keep in touch. You're and, the best, uh, really. Yeah, yeah, really appreciate hey guys, it. it's really been an honor to talk to you guys, and and definitely reach out with any questions um i i'm i'm an open book and i'm i'm happy to just contribute back in in giving whatever i can out there to um to others whether it's hope whether it's just information um i'm here for everybody wow thanks greg you're awesome have a good one Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpieShows.com. Opie is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. 
Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm glad this is something we can't be fired from, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Are you positive about that? Well, you got to listen. Yeah, let's see if this show is a fireable offense or if there's something in it that is. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. From your mom's basement. My mother has been kind enough to allow us to do the show from her basement. Uh, Any kind of Hummel that you need is right here behind. Yes, there's a shrunk. We call that a shrunk. And that's her backup shrunk. Come on by. I'll make a a sandwich. And she did. I love the fact that she made you bagels and and, uh, lox. And you got nothing. Engage. She gave me squat. <laughs> she gave me squat. Oh, are those pickles on the top? Yes. Of those yes. This is first class no, here. Is... It's not just sandwiches. Um, they're cut into tiny little triangles. Right. right. So they're like finger sandwiches. This could be afternoon tea. If Queen Elizabeth came in here, right. she'd be perfectly at home. Right. And and we could put her on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And we could show her a Hummel. <laughs> the, yeah. The second class Hummels. The, the bench, the Hummels that are on the bench. We'd bring the first class ones down think here. So. Tony Lasano podcast and Opie Productions on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com.